lives to do what you want to do. We are so excited about you, your kingdom, and the fact that we get to partner with you, Holy Spirit, to see Jesus Christ glorified, to see lives changed, to see people set free, healed, delivered, saved. Lord, we get to be a part of that, and we're so excited. You've done that for us and in us, and now you want to do it through us. And we say yes. We say yes to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we love you. You are God. You're one of the Godhead. And we choose to acknowledge you. We're not ashamed of you. We're not afraid of you. And we welcome you. And we thank you for doing what you want to do. And we ask that you would continue to teach us how to follow you. That's, that's all of us, Lord. We want to learn how to follow you in our everyday lives. Not just on Sundays, but every day. In Jesus' name. Speak to us through your word this morning, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For those of you who have been here for a while, the last several weeks, Cornell and, and Greg have done an amazing job of talking about our identity. How many of you guys have enjoyed that these last number of weeks? You know, and everything that we've been taught these last number of weeks is to bring us to the place of not only coming to an understanding of who we are, but also walking in who we are. Amen? Father, I just pray for grace, for attentiveness this morning. I pray for grace, for attentiveness. You know, if you're tired, you know, as I was saying this morning, I felt like that some people would really, you really struggled to get here, had a hard time getting here for whatever reasons. I just want to encourage you to do whatever you can to grab a hold of God's grace and just listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is wanting to say to you this morning, because I believe it will be life-changing. And not only your life, but those, the lives of those around you. God wants us to know who we are so we can walk the way he wants us to walk. And we've been encouraged through the messages these several weeks. We've learned that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you're born again, you're a new creation. No one like you has ever been on this planet. And there will never be another you. But you're not only human. You know, when you say or you hear people say, well, I'm only human. If you're born again, that is a lie. Am I turned on? Just making sure. If you are born again, you are not only human. Because the Bible says that the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. So I don't know what that would be called other than a new creation. And that's what you be, a new creation. You are a minister of reconciliation. Do you realize that you've been called into the ministry? Every single one of you. How many of you are born again? Raise your hands if you're born again. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you've given your lives to him. You have asked Jesus into your heart. Raise your hand. Okay, every one of you with your hands raised, you've also been called into the ministry. The moment you were born again, at that moment, boom, you were entered into the ministry. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 
17-ish through 20-ish, somewhere around there. It says that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So you are called into the ministry. You are an ambassador for Christ. That means you're called to represent him. You are seated with him in heavenly places. That makes you a dual citizen. You know, some of you may already be dual citizens. You may be a citizen of the United States, and you may be a citizen of China, or you may be a citizen of Jamaica, or, well, I guess Jamaica. Anyway, you may be a citizen of another country, and so you may have dual citizenship. But all of us, we're also citizens of heaven. We're not just citizens of this country or the country you were born. We are kings and priests, and we have been given the opportunity to represent him and his kingdom well. We have been given, check this out, you have been given the opportunity to represent him, to represent. And you know, Jesus said, he was talking to his disciples, which would also include us. He says, as the Father sent me, and we know how the Father sent Jesus. We saw that what Jesus did, right? When you read the, the, the Bible, you see what Jesus did. And he says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. That means in the same way. The way that the Father sent Jesus is the same way that Jesus is sending you and me. Are you with me this morning so far? <clears throat> What we talk about today will be a huge key in what enables you to really grab a hold of your true identity and walk in it. What we talk about today will be a tremendous key in you being able to not only understand your identity, but to be able to walk in it. See, the purpose of Cornell and Greg sharing those weeks wasn't just so that we can have some wonderful head knowledge and feel good about ourselves. But it's so that we understand exactly who we are and begin to walk in the way that we're called to walk. And again, what we talk about today is going to be a huge key. 2 Peter 1.3 in the NIV says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. In Ephesians 1, 3 in the NLT, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So his divine power has given us everything we need. And we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are, un we are united with Christ. This morning in prayer, in pre-service prayer, it came out, one thing that was, that was shared, I can't remember if it was prayed or I can't remember the way it came out, but it's like we're eating cheese and crackers when we've been invited to feast on this abundance that God has. Cheese and crackers. You know, it's not like the Lord's going to snatch the cheese and crackers from your hand. He's not like that. He says, you can continue to eat that cheese and crackers, or you can have what I have for you here. And he has a tremendous banquet, a feast, available for us. And it represents that he wants to manifest his kingdom through you and I. Amen? 
What I'm going to talk about today, because you know, we, we read, many of us are familiar with the verses that talk about that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We have everything we need for a godly life. And then I said, we're only eating cheese and crackers when there's so much more. It's like, well, well how do we get them so much more? How do I grab a hold of what Jesus has made available for me? And so today I'm going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. One of the most controversial topics in Christendom. Now I had a, as you can imagine, and I'm only doing this today, and then Gray's going to finish up next week, and he's going to bring another message on the same topic as far as how to receive the baptism. So as I've been preparing for this for the last number of weeks, all of you know who are familiar with the topic of the Holy Spirit, it is so huge, right? It's like, okay, you can talk about this, you can talk about this, all this, and it's like, oh my goodness, how do you do this in 40 minutes? Where do I go? And I felt like the Lord said, don't worry about all the theology, you know, all the, the, the debate about this and that. There's so much debate about, is it for today? Is it not? Is it another experience after being born again? Is it part of the same experience? There's all kinds of stuff. And we're not here to talk about the stuff. We're here to just talk about, we just want it. Okay? We just want it. And our prayer has been that, that there would be such a hunger in you, a hunger created in your heart, that you say, God, whatever it is you have for me, I want it. I want it. And so I'm not going to talk about all the theological, the, yeah, that. Can't even say the word. Basically, I'm just going to talk about why you want to speak in tongues, why you want to engage in your prayer language. And then you're going to give, be given the opportunity to receive that today and next week, if you so desire. So eight reasons or benefits of praying in tongues. When I talk about praying in tongues, I'm talking about your personal prayer language that I believe God has for his children, every single one of us. So I'm going to talk about what are the benefits, and I have eight I could share 20, but I'm only going to do eight for the sake of time. And number one, praying in tongues give you, gives you revelation and understanding of what your Father has prepared for you. Praying in the Spirit gives you revelation of what your Father has made available to you. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 through 16, in the NLT it says, this is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You know, in a lot of people, you hear that verse and, it's, and people stop right there. They say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And everybody says, amen, brother, preach it. That doesn't excite me. It's like no ear has heard, no eye has seen, no one understands. Why would I get excited about that? But here's what I get excited about. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. So it's not that he has his incredible things, but he's revealing them to us by his spirit. Now we can get excited. Amen? For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. 
Isn't that amazing? Searches out and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that, own, that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, and here's why we've received God's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's word to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish. Everybody say foolish. Tongues sounds foolish. And that right there is one of the reasons why there's such a problem with that. Because it doesn't make sense. It sounds foolish. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it for, the, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So praying in your, in your prayer language gives you revelation and understanding of what your Father has prepared for you. Okay? Number two, speaking in tongues helps you to engage in and connect to the things of the Spirit or God's kingdom. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Now, in the last passage, it talks about God's secrets. And then right here, it says, he who speaks in a tongue is not speaking to men, but to God. And in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. There are mysteries in the kingdom. There are secrets. There are things, things that God knows, but he wants us to know. And he can't reveal them to us through our mind. Can you hear that? He cannot reveal those things to us through our mind because our mind cannot understand. Our mind cannot grasp them because they sound foolish. It's foolishness to our natural thinking. But our spirit man can understand and receive these things. And then our spirit man, I believe, helps our mind to begin to understand. But it cannot be downloaded to our mind. It has to go to our spirit. And praying in tongues is the way... Or is a way for you to receive and begin to understand in your spirit. And it helps to, rev- to change your mind. The Bible says to uh, not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I used to think, I used to teach or preach that how do we renew our minds? By reading God's word, letting God's word cleanse our minds. And that is one of the ways our minds are transformed. But I believe here's another one. By praying in your prayer language. I believe what happens is you are praying. The Bible says you're you're speaking forth mysteries. A lot of times we have no idea what we're praying. God does. And so we're praying things. And I believe that we are, at times, we are speaking out our destiny. We are calling into existence the things that God has made available for us. And as we're speaking out in tongues... We're calling those things forward or forth. So speaking in tongues helps you to engage in and connect to the things of the spirit of God's kingdom. 
Romans 5, 8, uh, excuse me, Romans 8, 5 through 8. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally or naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind or the natural mind is enmity or is against God. It fights against God and the things of God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Our natural mind cannot submit to and understand the things of God. It just said it right there. It cannot. So we need help. God wants us to begin to understand his things that he's made available for us so we can walk in them. So I believe he's made a way for that to happen through our prayer language. Engaging the Holy Spirit through our prayer language. Okay? Just bear with me. 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So we need help. We need our spirit man. And those of you who have heard Greg talk and teach in the past, remember, we are three parts. We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. But our spirit man is the real us. Okay, it's the real us, the real you, the real me. That's the part that was born again. That's the part that is connected with God. That's the part that is seated with Christ in heavenly places. And that's the part also through who, through, um, through who God communicates with. Our spirit man is, that ha- is the part that has communion with God and is the part that can receive the things of the spirit. And I believe our prayer language is, Our prayer language is the vehicle through which God brings that to us. Hope I'm making sense. Holy Spirit, help us. Number three, praying in tongues is a way for Holy Spirit to help you pray his will. Romans 8, 26 and 27 in New Living Translation. It says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So I believe that when we pray in tongues, when we pray in our prayer language, we are praying the perfect will of God. We're praying the perfect will. In other words, we're praying whatever he's wanting to pray through us at that moment He's able to, because we're submitting ourselves to him. And again, I believe, at that, I believe at times we're calling forth our destinies. We're calling forth and coming into agreement what God has already spoken about us. And we're saying those very things in our spirit. I also believe that at times when we pray in tongues, we are allowing Holy Spirit to pray through us for situations or people that we know nothing about. How many of you, whoa, did you hear that? I promise I'm older than 13. And I don't want to do that again. All right. How many of you have, when you're, maybe you're praying in your prayer language and it changes dialect on you? Has that happened to anybody? In other words, you're praying in your regular tongue, the, the tongue that, that it sounds normal to you, and all of a sudden it changes, and it may, say, it may sound Asian, or it may sound German, or it may sound Arabic. Raise your hand if that's happened. That's happened to me too. And one, I think it's cool. 
like, whoa. You know, it's like you're listening to yourself. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know I could talk that language. One, one time I was walking out the door. I don't know where I was going, but I was walking out the door, and I believe the Holy Spirit told me something. Because I used to think, how, you know when people, let's say uh, there's a young man named Ahab, and he's, he's um, brought up in a, in a Muslim family. Let's say he lives in Syria. His name is Ahab, and he's 12. And he's from generation, 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 generation Muslim. And no Christian knows him or his family. But the Bible says that God desires for everyone to come to know him. So how in the world is Ahab going to get to know Jesus? I believe, now this is, this is my theory, okay? You can't point this out in scripture, but this is what I believe. And I believe the Holy Spirit showed me this. That when we pray in tongues, there are times when he will use that tongue and pray for circumstances or people that we have no idea about. Like little Ahab who lives in Syria and nobody knows him or his situation. Nobody's praying for him. I believe in times we're praying for Ahab or people like that. And when I, when I receive that, there you go. When I receive that, that encouraged me about praying in tongues more because like, wow, that's pretty cool. I can partner with Holy Spirit to pray for somebody or circumstances or situations that I don't have a clue about. And maybe someday when we go to heaven, we'll get to see part of, the, part of what's played before us is, you remember when you were praying in tongues all those years? Here are the people who came to know me because of those prayers. Here are the people who were in danger and they got saved. Angels appeared or whatever. Miraculous intervention happened because you chose to pray at 3.15 a.m., at the same time they were going through the circumstance. I believe that. I firmly believe that. And so I want to encourage you to pray in your spiritual language. And when it changes dialect, now I don't know what all, what's all going on, but I believe if it gets Arabic, you might be praying for someone who's Arabic. Or if it's, if it's Asian, you might be praying for someone in China or whatever. I remember one time my prayer language changed and it sounded unique. I never heard, it never done that before. And to this day, I have no idea what nationality it was. But I remember I was at the airport one time, and I was standing there waiting, you know, doing something, waiting for the plane and everything. And all of a sudden, there was this family, and I don't know what nation they're from, but they were from another nation other than America. And they started talking to each other. And my ears perked up, and I said, oh my goodness, that's the language I've been speaking. They were talking. I had no idea what they were saying, but I recognized the language because it sounded just like the language I had been speaking over time. Now, I sh- now that I think of it, I should have gone up and asked them where they were from. But I didn't, so I can't tell them that. But I just want to encourage you that when you're praying, pray in tongues as often as you can because we're, we're partnering with Holy Spirit to make a powerful impact on people's lives. Number four, praying in tongues is our Father's designated way for you to edify yourself. 1 Corinthians 14.4 it says, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. One who prays in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. And see, someone says, well, see right there, we're supposed to prophesy instead of pray in tongues because, look, it's not about me, but it's about the church. Okay. And in the context, Paul is talking about edifying the church. 
But let me ask you this. Before you can edify the church, don't you need to be edified? Unless you're one of them super spiritual folks. But we need to be edified, and God has designed a way for you to edify yourself. And that word edify, in the Greek, it means it's an edifice. It means to build a superstructure, to build a structure. And I believe the reason why we're building a structure as we're praying in tongues, building ourselves that we're building a structure, to house and receive what it is the Holy Spirit wants to download to us. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to give you something, put something in you, but you have to make room for it. And I believe praying in the Spirit, building up myself, edifying myself, I'm building a structure. Holy Spirit's able to download something into that structure, structure to edify me. That something can be, it can be uh, ideas. It can be wisdom. You know, if you're an engineer, if you're a professor, if you're a businessman, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a nurse, if you're a lawyer, if you work in retail, whatever, we should have the best ideas. We should be coming up with the breakthroughs in science or engineering or whatever. Because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to download those things to us. He may want to give you gifts of the Spirit to operate at a certain period of time. He may want to give you faith for a certain situation, peace or grace or courage instead of fear. Maybe he knows you're about to go into a a situation where fear could grip you, but he encourages you to pray in tongues or you start praying in tongues and and all of a sudden courage begins to develop and manifest in your soul. Give an example. There was a lady that shared years ago and I think it was Janet Schell. So those of you who know Janet's show, I think it was her, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'll just say a lady. Said, shared this testimony of throughout the day, she just kept, she was encouraged or prompted by the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues, pray in tongues. So all throughout the day, she just kept praying in tongues, praying in her prayer language. Throughout her job, whatever she's doing, she, and every time she'd quit, she kept being prompted, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. So she did that. And then in the evening time, this lady was, was somewhere, walking somewhere or something, and all of a sudden a man jumped out and intended to harm her, if you know what I mean. Intended to harm her. Now you can imagine, ladies, what the natural response would be. Her response was, you will not touch me in Jesus' name. And the guy ran off. Courage was placed in her throughout the day because she was going to need courage in a life-threatening situation. And it saved her life or it saved, you know, saved her situation. And so I believe that when we're praying in tongues, there was a time, I've shared this before, there was a time when a financial situation kind of hit me in the face. And it's one of those that kind of catch you by surprise, kind of knocks the air out of you. You know, you've been hit in the gut. Received some information, wasn't good, had the wind knocked out of me, and I'm, you know, my, my soul just starts spiraling down, woe is me, no one has it as bad as me, life stinks, you know, all that stuff. Now, I know you've never been through that, but you know someone who has. And I, my soul was spiraling down, down, down. 
And I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself. I remember it was a day, I, was, it was, I was off work. It was a day off. It was a Monday. And I'm sitting there inside whining, feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, and what have you been preaching these last couple of weeks? This is years ago. I'm like, don't remind me of what I was preaching these last couple of weeks. You know, I, I didn't care about the word. I just wanted to feel sorry for myself. And he reminded me, what have I been teaching you? And it was praying in tongues. And so I started praying in tongues. I was vacuuming and doing whatever I was doing. I was praying in tongues, praying in tongues. It took me two hours to get my soul back to even keel. Two hours, praying in tongues, two hours. And what I mean by that, no, then, so I was back to okay. And then I was praying, you know, and everything. And all of a sudden, I had faith. Everything's going to be okay. Everything was going to be okay. So I was, I was okay. And then I found out later that circumstance that I was in, it flipped. And everything was okay. But it took me two hours because I allowed my soul to go so far. But if I chose not to pray in tongues, who knows what would have happened. I would have been in despair or discouraged or whatever. And the interesting thing is, is not too long ago, another circumstance was trying to grab me. A financial situation was trying to grab me. But this time, I knew better. So I just started praying in tongues. It only took 15 minutes. 15 minutes. I'll take 15 minutes over two hours any day of the week. But I just want to encourage you because if you are subject to fear, if you are subject to fear, I believe praying in your prayer language will help you to overcome fear. It'll give you strength. It'll give you courage. I want to read a story of a lady who's, who's a house mom or stay-at-home mom. It says, It was a typical hot August evening in Redding, California. Carolyn was dropping by one of the local clothing stores to get a few things before going home. She found a parking space and maneuvered her vehicle into it. Placing the car in park, she shut off the engine. As she reached over to close the passenger side window, a young man in his early 20s came to the driver's side and yelled, Get out of the car. It was then that she realized his arm was inside the car and he was holding a gun to her ribs. Carolyn, who is, rather, is a rather quiet, modest woman in her mid-50s, said, Look, you don't want this car. It doesn't run good, hardly has any gas, and the air conditioner doesn't work. Then gesturing towards the gun, she said, What's this? He said, My gun. Feeling the boldness of the Lord rise within her, she looked him straight in the eyes and asked, what are you going to do with it? Suddenly, his whole body relaxed as if he had been holding his breath. Nothing, he sighed. She said, we need to talk. <laughs> and then she said, you've been set up. God wants you to hear what I have to tell you. He nodded, showing her showing her the gun wasn't even loaded and putting it back into his pack. The would-be thief knelt by the car while Carolyn began to talk to him as a mother would talk to her son about how much the Heavenly Father loved him. He opened up and poured out his heart, sharing his life's troubles and difficulties with her. She asked if he had been contemplating suicide. He told her that he had written a letter to his parents that very morning about wanting to take his life. She ministered to him for nearly, nearly an hour, Placing her hand on his bowed head, she prayed for him. 
and felt an indescribable love pour through her spirit into him. And excuse me, as amazing as it sounds, it was hard for them to say goodbye to one another. They both wanted to remain immersed in God's presence in an encounter neither of them will ever forget. Disguised as an everyday housewife, Carolyn is, a prin- Carolyn is a princess who refused to be intimidated by a thug and instead radically altered the course of a young man's life. Disguised as an everyday housewife. That's my favorite part in the whole story. Disguised. So you think you're just a clerk at the store you work. You think you're just a mom. Or just a professor. But actually you are in disguise. You are a representative of the king. You are an ambassador for his kingdom. And you've been called by him and equipped by him to make an impact on people's lives. And see in those stories, the one with the lady who was encountered by the man who was going to attack her. And then this story right here where the lady was faced with a man with a gun saying, get out of the car. How would we normally react in those situations? We all know typically what would happen. We'd freak out, scream, whatever. Bad situations would probably go from bad to worse. The point I'm trying to make is is we have, God has given us the ability to not act normal. But to respond supernaturally. Are you with me? He wants to make an impact in our lives so he can impact people through us, through our lives. But unfortunately, too many of us Christians just are satisfied with going through the everyday life and just being a good person, giving a few dollars, being nice, not yelling at my wife too often, (laughs) and not bothering people and being good and going to heaven. Are you content with that? I'm not. I am not okay with that. Because there are too many people around us that are not only going to hell when they die, but they're living hell right now. And the Holy Spirit has given us a way to make a difference. As we allow him to make a difference in our lives, in our soul, transforming us, transforming our minds, transforming our being to be like Jesus so we can act like him and do the very things that Jesus did. There was a time, I shared this story before, but many of you probably haven't heard this. There was a time I was staying at the Motel 6 here in Stillwater. I felt like the Lord was challenging me just to to separate and just spend some time with him. So I was going to stay at the hotel for a weekend just to pray and fast. Fasting between meals, that is. <laughs> so, um, so it was that night and I parked and I was in my room and then I realized I, needed to get, I wanted to get my stuff. So I came out to my, my van and to get my stuff. And all of a sudden I heard this commotion. I looked up and there was these guys I don't know how many of them, 15 to 20-ish. It was a lacrosse team here to play OSU. And I don't know if it was a club or I don't know if we have lacrosse clubs or teams or whatever. But they were a lacrosse team here to play OSU. But they were, so they were at the hotel. 
And they were all up there, and it was just like a scene out of a movie where you see all these wild guys drinking, being loud, cussing, yelling, all that kind of stuff. It was happening right there. And I was sitting in my car watching them. They, didn't, they weren't aware of me, and I was watching them. So I started praying in, praying in tongues. Just praying. I didn't know what else to do. I started praying in tongues. And then after a few moments, I said, Lord, I want to do something about that. And he startled me. He said, do something about it. So then I started praying in tongues really hard. <laughs> because I became terrified. Because I realized, okay, I'm about to move from my car into a realm that I'm, that's totally out of my league. I didn't have anybody with me except Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so I was praying, 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 and, and I was looking at them, watching them, didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, I locked in on one guy who had a, like one of those air boots or whatever, and he had crutches. And I saw him, I was like, that's him. That's my opportunity. So I got out of my car, I went up the stairs, and I walked past these guys and went right to the guy who had the, the leg problem. I said, hey, what's up, guys? He said, oh, what's up with you? And, uh, and I was just talking. I said, man, what happened to your leg? And it was um, Achilles tendon, I think. I think, I think anyway, he, he told me, and it was an injury from playing his sport and everything. <laughs> it was so funny. I said, well, I'm a Christian, and I believe God would like to heal you. And the funny part was when I said I'm a Christian, all of a sudden the beer went behind the back. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a Christian too. Yeah, yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I didn't care about the beer. I could care less about the beer, what they were doing. I didn't care. I just wanted to see God do something in that man's life. That's all I cared about. And I felt like that's all the Holy Spirit cared about at that point was their hearts. And so I said, can I pray for you? He said, sure. Well, by this time, all the guys, I had all their attention. And I told them, I said, well, let's go in your room right here. So we moved into his hotel room. He sits on the bed, and all the guys come into the room. And so my heart rate goes up. My blood pressure is going <laughs> off the charts. And I prayed for him. And you remember when Peter said, Jesus, if, that, if that's you, call me to come to you in the, in the storm? And he said, it's me, come. And then Peter got out and started walking on the water. Like, whoa, this is awesome. So Peter kept his eyes on Jesus. He was doing good. But as soon as he looked at the circumstances, he got, became afraid. That's what happened to me. As long as I was looking at Jesus, everything was cool. I had faith. I had boldness. Prayed for the man. And I knew what the Holy Spirit told me to do was tell him, take off. Because I asked him, I said, can you take this thing off? And he said, yes. I asked him that before I started praying for him. And so after I prayed for him, the Holy Spirit said, tell him to take off the boot and try out his leg. And I said, when you get home, yep, I started sinking. Jesus, help me. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm, and to this day, I know I missed it. Now, as far as the guy getting healed or not, I don't know if that happened. I believe it would have manifested right there. Maybe it did. I don't know. I can't tell you that. But here's the cool thing that I appreciate the Holy Spirit letting me experience. So I told him, I said, hey, when you get home, check out your leg and see how it is and everything. He said, hey, I sure will. 
he was very grateful for me praying for him. Attitude, demeanor, everybody was changing, and I had a bunch of buddies all of a sudden. And say, all right, you guys have a good evening, blah, blah, blah. And I left, went back to my room. And then I thought, you know what? I want to get that guy's number or something. There was some information I wanted to get back to that guy. So when I came, now remember the scene started out with loud music, cussing, alcohol, everything. When I came back, because I was going to get in touch with that guy and, and exchange something, information. When I came back, the atmosphere had changed dramatically. These guys were, when I was walking past their, some of them had their curtains open so I could see into their rooms. They were sitting in their rooms on their beds quietly. No more music. No more loudness. And I walked by the rooms and they were just sitting there. I'm like, what in the world? And then I went in there to the guy's room and we exchanged. I can't remember what it was. Maybe phone numbers or something. I said, hey guys, how's it going? And, and everything was just Quiet. And then I found out that some of the guys who wanted to continue to party, they left. They went to Eskimo Joe's. Excuse me, I didn't mean to say Eskimo Joe's. They went somewhere else to party. And I went back to my room and I was thinking, what in the world happened? Atmosphere changed. And what the Holy Spirit wants you and I to know, that when he shows up, he can change the atmosphere. And he wants to do that through you. When that lady told that man who was trying to attack her, and she said, you will not touch me. See, the spirit of fear and and just that demonic spirit trying to attack her through that man, he was overcome by a greater presence. This lady in this story, when this man was trying to rob her and take her car, he was overcome by a greater presence him. That presence lives within you. Not only does he want to transform you, but he wants to be allowed to spill out of you and impact people around you. Will you let him? Will you let him? And I believe one of the key ways that he's given us for that transformation to happen in our soul, in our lives, is praying in our prayer language. Amen? Amen. Go through these last ones real, real quickly. Number five, praying in tongues opens the door to the supernatural lifestyle that you are created, designed, and destined to walk in. It opens the door to the supernatural. It opens the door to the supernatural. When people say, well, miracles and healings are not for today. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but it's too late. I've experienced too much. I've seen too many sick people get healed. I've seen too many demons come out of people, which is pretty cool. Seen crazy stuff. So the theology doesn't work for me because it's too late. And I know the same for many of you because you've already seen it too. Now, am I satisfied and content with the level of his goodness or his power, his glory that I'm seeing? Absolutely not. I want to see more. And I know you're the same way. You know, it's like Todd was saying earlier, that we are positioning ourselves. We're trying to, we're learning to follow Holy Spirit and ask him, Lord, teach me, show me. One of the things that I've been doing a lot lately is praying in tongues. Praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. Siri reminds me every day at 8.30, pray in tongues. 
I have it in my phone, 8.30 every day. Pray in tongues as a reminder, because I forget. And every time I see it, like, oh, it's time to pray in tongues. And so I would encourage you. I encourage you. It is the door. It opens the door to the supernatural lifestyle. Number six, praying in tongues gives you the ability to pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be in persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So it gives you the opportunity. Now I don't know if that means pray 24-7. Haven't been able to accomplish that yet because I like to sleep at times. But we sure can pray a whole lot longer in the spirit that you, than you can in English or whatever your nat- native tongue is. And I find that I can cut the grass and pray in tongues. I can wash dishes and pray in tongues. I can do all kinds of things and pray in the spirit and just continue to go on and on. And then throughout the day, I'm just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Number seven, praying in tongues is a way of building up your faith and love. Jude 1, 20 and 21, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. So building yourselves up in your faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And then it says, keeping yourselves in the love of God. Do you realize that the Bible says and teaches that faith works by love? Do you realize that? Faith works by love. So when we're going to minister to people and reach out to people, the motivation should be love, not testimony. Love. I want to see something happen in this man's life because I love him. I want him to experience God's love. And I find and I've been finding that when I pray in tongues, first of all, what's the, you know, when, in Galatians 5 when it says the fruit of the Spirit, what's the first one? First one. And it's also, not by coincidence, the most important one. Would you agree? The Bible says most important of these, love. In a different passage, 1 Corinthians 13. So love is the most important. God's nature, character is love, right? I believe when you pray in tongues and you allow his presence to infiltrate you and build up in you more, guess what the number one characteristic that's going to develop in your life? Love. So you're going to love people. And I find when I'm praying in tongues, the thing that I start hearing from the Holy Spirit is things that encourage me to reach out to people in love, whether it's towards my family, saying words of encouragement, or doing something to love, 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 love. And so we want to see our faith stronger. Faith works by love. It's like you have a flashlight, but if you don't have any batteries in that flashlight, then the light's not going to cut on. Faith is the flashlight, love are the batteries. Number eight, praying in tongues is a practical and deliberate way of pursuing the Father in faith. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Why is it that many of us who believe in the gift of tongues don't pray in tongues that often? Because if I were to ask you to raise your hand and ask, how many of you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? How many of you have your prayer language? A number of you would raise your hands. So we believe, but why don't we do it more often? Answer. Unbelief. We don't really believe that it does anything. 
I mean, how often have you prayed in tongues and nothing seemed to happen? Nothing seemed to change. Nothing, 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 nothing. And so therefore, our logical mind says, see, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't do any good. Therefore, I'm going to stop this activity because it's a waste of time. They don't actually say that, but our actions show that we believe that. Many of us, the only time we pray in tongues as spirit-filled believers is at a prayer meeting. And it shouldn't be that way. It doesn't have to continue to be that way. And the encouragement and the, the motive for this morning is to provoke you to love and good works. So you know what? I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to go across the Jericho. I'm ready to move in. You know what, what's been rising up in my heart is, God, I'm choosing to believe you again. There were years ago I used to pray in tongues a lot. Then I kind of slowed down. Get invited to a prayer meeting. Pray in tongues. Leave the prayer meeting. Slow down. But I want it to be my lifestyle, an addiction. I want to be addicted to praying in tongues. Last thing I want to say, one verse that has challenged me and made a difference in my life concerning tongues. Don't sit on my page right here, but I believe it's Ephesians Excuse me, 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I believe, where Paul says, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. Remember that? He says, however in the church, however in the church, I desire to speak five words. Now, again, he's talking about the context is the church. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. But in the church, I would rather speak five words of English or whatever, Aramaic, whatever they spoke rather than 10,000 words in tongues, because it was about edifying the church. But the part that caught my attention, Paul saying, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. And the reason why that hit me, and I believe the Holy Spirit was highlighting that to me, because Paul was a man who was caught up into the third heavens, and he had such great revelation that he had to be humbled so that he wouldn't boast. Remember what I'm talking about? Now, he had great revelation. I mean, he's one of the Dude is bad. He's sharp, you know, wrote a lot of the Bible. So he saw some stuff. I believe that part of the revelation was a greater understanding of tongues. And that's why he spoke in tongues more than you all. Now, I can't prove that. But when he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all, that right there motivated me. You know what? I don't have the revelation he has. But based on his revelation, I'm going to pray in tongues more. Plain and simple. I'm going to pray in tongues more. So here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come on up. Right now. (laughs) You know, one thing I want to make clear you know, it's not, we're not talking abracadabra magic. Ooh, if I speak in tongues, then all these things are going to happen. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about something that God has made available to his kids. That's like the doorway opening into the greater things that he has for us. Praying in, your, praying in that language or not has nothing to do with your value. 
I'm going to say that one more time because everybody's not looking at me or listening to me. Praying in tongues or not has nothing, zero, zilch, nada to do with your value. In other words, it's like God's favorite kids are those that speak in tongues and his second favorite kids are those that don't. Now, that's not the way God sees it, but a lot of times that's the way some of us see it. And that's not right. So it has nothing to do with our value. But it's something that he's made available. He's saying, come and get it. Come and get it. And so all we're going to just make available today is if you want to pray, if one, one of two things. Maybe a long time ago, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, received your prayer language, but it's been many, many, many moons, and you haven't prayed in that tongue a long time ago, and it's, you, just, you just want to be refreshed, be re, reloaded, so to speak, as Todd was talking about. I just want to invite you to come up in a second. If you've never received your prayer language, and you say, well, I don't understand, that's okay. Next week, there'll be some more understanding shared, but you don't have to wait till you understand. I never even heard of tongues, never even heard of the baptism until about four minutes before I received it. I got born again on a Sunday. On a Wednesday night, I was going to get baptized in my pastor's bathtub. Imagine that. And then as we're praying for my friend, as they're about to baptize my friend, Lewin, the pastor said, let's pray for Lewin. And then everybody, there was like 15 or so of us. Where's Gordon? Gordon, were you there? Were you there at Lewin's baptism? We were all crammed in that bathroom, and I was standing next to John, and then they start praying in tongues. I'm like, what in the world are you doing? I never heard of it. Never heard of it. Never heard it. I was freaked out, but it, it wasn't a scary freaked out because it sounded pretty cool. I'm, and I said, John, what are you doing? And I was bugging him because he was trying to pray. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm praying in, in, in my, I can't, in my prayer language or whatever. And he's like, leave me alone, dude. <laughs> and so anyway, after Lewin got baptized and then I got in the bathtub, the pastor said, Don Everett said, CJ, would you like to receive your prayer language? Would you like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? I said, yes. I had no idea what he's talking about. But I believed it was from God and I said, yes, I want it all. Went underwater, came out, boom, speaking in tongues. So my point is, is you do not have to understand. Okay? You don't have to understand. So we can all just stand together. And if you guys can play, if you can play some music, some soft music in the background, elevator music, what we got. I'm just going to invite you to come on up here if you want to receive if you've already received and you want a refreshing or whatever you want to call it, or you never have before, you say, you know what, God, I want what you have for me. I want it. I just want to invite you right now. You're welcome to come on up and let one of these beautiful people pray for you. Okay? And so I'm going to close in prayer. And you'll be dismissed. And so if you can quietly, you're welcome to fellowship, but if you can do it out in the hallway so that ministry can happen up here unhindered. And we just welcome you to come on up and get the goods. Father, we thank you that you are so good all the time. And you have good, good gifts for your children. 
And Lord, we desire to be more effective for you. We desire to see people impacted by your kingdom. So we thank you for your invitation of love. We thank you for your invitation of just receiving more of what you have. So we open our hearts and we say, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just want to remind you about Friday night. Come and have a great time with us. And come on up and, and receive. Receive.